You're listening to Press TV's podcast. This is episode 16. When it comes to colonialism, the African continent and the African people are the most wounded of all. One of the most notorious colonialists to date was France. Although French rule in Africa formally ended by 1962, the ties it forged continue to shape relations between France and its former colonial territories throughout the continent, forming a new form of colonialism. I am Sheila Nelima. In this edition of the show, we will study the French presence in the Sahel region following the claim of French military to have killed the Al-Qaeda leader in Africa. On June 6, the French military announced that its forces in Mali had killed one of Al-Qaeda's longest-serving commanders in Africa, Abdel Malik Drukdel, a man they say has led an affiliate of the terror network for more than a decade. The killing of Drukdal, later confirmed by the U.S. Africa Command, is a setback for Al-Qaeda's operations in northwestern Africa. A very big loss for them, said Wasim Nasr, a French expert on the terrorist group who has interviewed its leaders. Recent months have seen a rise in violence in the region where multiple armed groups are active. The situation has led to a feeling of increased insecurity among the locals. The French presence in Africa as a colonial power dates back to the 16th century. It might be interesting for you to know that the second French colonial empire was one of the largest empires in history. Including metropolitan France, the total amount of land under French sovereignty reached 11 million 500,000 kilometers squared in 1920, with a population of 110 million people in 1936. God, he gave copper to Zambia. And these people, if they don't respect the Zambian soil where there is copper, mining or any other business venture in Zambia, they should contribute. These, these mining industries, they export and we don't know where they, what they are doing with our money. If they are exporting our minerals, the money must come back to Zambia. Daniel Lazar, a journalist and author from New York, has shared with us his views in this program. He believes that French troops in Africa have not only failed to decrease the violence, but have added more brutality in the continent. Let's have more from him. France uh, and other NATO nations are trying to uh, somehow uh, halt the process by uh, injecting still more weapons and still more violence, but it's not going to work. France may claim to have uh, ended its colonial uh, rule, but uh, whether that's actually the case is another story. Uh, there are significant uh, uranium deposits in the Sahel and oil deposits as well that uh, French companies are uh, engaged in exploiting. So uh, France has a deliberate... Uh, uh, economic interest in the region. Uh, it has a military interest in battling Al-Qaeda and Sahel and, uh, and ISIS and uh, imposing itself as the, uh, as the main uh, you know, force uh, in the region. Uh, so uh, France has a lot of reasons uh, to be back in the, uh, in the Sahel, and they all sort of you know, come under the broad category of colonialist. 
Burkina Faso, for example, was uh, until a few years ago a very uh, stable, coherent, uh, uh, strong society, and now it's dissolved into uh, into chaos and violence as uh, um, different ethnic groups, uh, mainly the Fulani and the Mosi, uh, battle one another. So the country's in chaos, and it's getting worse, and it seems that the infusion of more guns uh, doesn't really help very much. A question that might be raised in any reasonable mind is that, why are the terrorist groups in Africa, notably in the Sahel, not hurting France's interests, but rather maintaining these benefits, even against France's Western rivals in Africa? Now, in November 2019, a group of terrorists attacked a convoy of workers of a Canadian company at the Simafo gold mine in Burkina Faso, killing at least 37 and injuring five people. Many experts concluded that it was actually a bloody revenge from Canada, which was trying to interfere with French interests in Burkina Faso's gold mines. We asked Mr. Lazar about French rivalries with other Western countries in Africa. I'm your presenter, Mubarak Henia. Uh, it has interest in, uh, in making itself the supreme uh, uh, military power and therefore keeping out the United States, which also uh, would like to uh, assume that role. Uh, and also, it's very important question is that, is that countries like France uh, sort of uh, need an outlet for their militaries. They need places for militaries to, uh, to try out new weapons, to try out new tactics, to keep their, uh, their practices uh, sharp and strong. Uh, and what better region is there than the Sahel, which is filled with desperately poor people and a lot of vicious gunmen. And therefore, it's a, uh, it's a good opportunity for the French military to train and keep its, uh, and keep its uh, military soldiers in top form. Uh, countries in the, the, the industrialized world uh, keep exporting these weapons uh, to these regions. Uh, no one is able to stop them. And, uh, and they wind up wreaking havoc. Uh, in the some of the poorest, uh, least developed, and most most vulnerable portions of the world, millions of weapons went missing uh, after uh, the, with the with the fall of uh, Muammar Gaddafi in late 2011, and uh, and many of them wound up in the uh, in the Sahel. And these were extremely advanced weaponry, uh, military you know uh, 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 military vehicles, automatic weapons. Uh, explosives, etc. So that was certainly uh, an important uh, injection of military firepower. Um, but other weapons are supplied by corrupt uh, politicians in the local region who sell their own military goods for a profit uh, to the uh, to the uh, terrorists. Tunisia's parliament recently rejected a motion calling on France to apologize for crimes committed during and after colonial rule. In a documentary aired by Al Jazeera on Tunisia's battle for independence, some of the Tunisians involved in anti-colonial struggle recalled atrocities by the French. The bill, which demanded that France compensates the Tunisian state and all those who suffered the pain of colonization, was put forward by the centrist Al-Karama coalition of the Dignity Coalition, which holds 19 of the 217 seats in parliament. Legislators from the bloc attended the session, which ran into the night wearing t-shirts bearing the slogan, 
murder and torture, the brutality of French colonialism. Seyfedin Mahlouf, president of Al-Karama coalition, used the example of Germany, which apologized to France after the Nazi occupation, expressing disappointment after the defeat of his coalition's bill. For more on the situation in Tunisia, we contacted Sami Hamdi, a North African affairs analyst and editor-in-chief of the International Interest. Now, thanks a lot, Mr. Hamdi, for your time. Why did the Tunisian parliament reject the motion calling for France to apologize for its crimes? Among those reasons, the Islamist party in Nahda uh, stated that it was not the time to request this, uh, probably because of Tunisia's economic situation. Nahda believed that they need uh, good ties with France in order to get out of their current uh, economic uh, crisis. Uh, the, there are other parties who have deep sympathies uh, with France, who believe there's no need for France to apologize uh, in the first place. Uh, and uh, also, uh, many believe that it was a PR stunt by Tilaf al-Karama, uh, which is the party that uh, put forward uh, this bill, in order for, for them to get some political points. We have to remember that uh, this government uh, was only formed because everybody was worried about early elections. So all the parties are jostling now in the belief that uh, this term of five years will not end and that we will go to elections very soon. So one of the key uh, points of the manifesto of Itilaf al-Karama was this idea of being antagonistic towards France. I think in terms of the masses, uh, the, the reaction is a bit uh, mixed. There are many who are not surprised that Nahda did not vote along with the bill. They believe that it is now a part of a long-running voting record in which Nahda, for all of the Islamist values or Islamic values that it espouses, its voting record runs counter to all of these principles. So many believe that Nahda's voting record is now uh, quite simply very much anti-Islamic. There are others who believe that uh, it's a disgrace in the sense that Tunisia is still unable to stand up to its former uh, colonial power despite the fact that it's done a revolution and despite the fact that it's pursuing independence uh, and liberty. And there are a minority who are relieved uh, because of their extensive ties with France. We have to remember there is inferiority complex uh, among some of the elite uh, in Tunisia whereby they believe that Tunisia should be pushed more towards France than its historical heritage. I think we have to determine to what extent these the former colonized countries are independent uh, from France. Let's remember that West Africa, uh, until recently, was relying on the France-backed CFA uh, franc. In Tunisia and Algeria, the economy is dominated by French companies. Uh, French influence is well known. The French ambassador uh, in Tunisia has played a role in uh, trying to bring, uh, trying to form a government and bring parties together in order to ensure that France's interests. Uh, continue. We've seen a discussion over uh, the whether uh, Algeria should put the Arab or the Berber language in the constitution, not because of any desire uh, for respect of the Berber language, the Amazigh language, uh, but because uh, France is worried about the status of the French language. Now, here's my question. Why have many African countries been reluctant to demand apologies and reparations from France? Their major economic trading partner. They need uh, France in order to um, uh, make sure that their economy does not go uh, into recession uh, or the like because the French companies dominate by virtue of the fact that they were there during the colonial period and that they have benefited from that colonial period. In other words, they have established hegemony over a number of different industries. Moreover, France is very active politically in these countries in order in, in, in establishing allies, uh, in establishing extensive links and in lobbying. France has uh, allies in these various different West African countries. Even if they don't dominate some of the institutions, they dominate enough of the institutions whereby any move against France 
uh, finds defiance within the country itself. So even this law that, part, that, that was presented in Tunisia to ask France for an apology, we saw Tunisian parties rejecting it, even parties that are supposed to be associated with uh, the Liberation Front. France committed various atrocities during its colonial rule over other nations. French atrocities included enslavement of workers subjected to very harsh conditions in Africa and Southeast Asia from the end of the 19th century to the middle of the 20th century. Other atrocities included colonial brutal repression against colonial uprisings, such as the one in Madagascar that killed nearly 100,000 people in 1947 to 1948, or the pacification in the 1925s in North Africa that claimed many civilian victims, or the Setif massacres in Algeria in 1945. It's time for France to face its past and debate crimes against humanity it perpetrated against millions across the world, especially in Africa. Oh, oh. Oh, oh.